Welcome to Deep Cuts, Lost and Found. This is round 27 of our fun little podcast with a bunch of best friends who all went to high school together back in uh, 1983 through 87. We all graduated from Needham High School together. We've been sharing music for the last, I don't know how many years, it's a lot of years. And now we're gonna share them with you. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, round 27. We're doing soundtracks. Indeed, this is Deep Cuts Lost and Found, round 27. We're doing soundtracks tonight, our favorite albums tied to films, essentially. Uh, we're all hardcore movie heads, so this is a fun, fun battle of wills. I'm here with Derek Brain. I'm here with Bill Federico, Rich Air, and his dogs, and also Chris Nashawati. Again, this is Deep Cuts Lost and Found, round 27. Soundtracks is the theme that we are tackling tonight. So let's talk a little bit about this journey. I felt tremendously handicapped because I've just what? moved and all of my soundtrack albums are in storage uh. and they're in boxes. And as I looked into it, they were so deep down the, it was just like, it was going to be a four hour affair to get the soundtracks out. But this is only fair. You really should be fighting with one hand behind your back. I mean, we're going right in your wheelhouse. That's true. But, but this I mean, was one of us is a pro at this. We, uh, well, <laughs> that's debatable, but I think there's four amateurs and one professional. That said, what's really fun no about this is that it's very personal, right? Because like each of us has had an incredibly profound moment watching a movie. We all can quote Fletch beginning to end pretty much. Like it's a movie, it's the only movie I can Lots come close to, you know, being able to like quote from wall to wall. And there's a lot of other movies we've all had. So we get a chance, I think, to share with each other what were our favorite movie moments. Anybody want to start with one that involves somebody else in the group? I love, wait, first of all, I love that you like are trying to sort of hype up our in extensive movie knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> and the one reference that you drop is to Fletch. Fletch. <laughs> I, mean, I, agree. I agree we can quote it back to Fletch. Right. But like, well, I, I, I can take us to something a little more respectable. I, I don't know if it was, I definitely think it was some of us, but I really tried to find something off the Jim Jarmusch film Mystery Train. Yeah. So I think I remember going to Mystery Train with at least a few of you. Yeah. Some weird venue, like it wasn't down, Nickelodeon. I thought it was. No, it was like this basement space that was like kind of near Newberry Street. That's like a, it was. I think there was a uh, some sort of gallery oh. performance space. So it was like you know like folding chairs or something like that in this basement, and seeing Mystery Train down there, and that being like pretty formative film experience just seeing that particular jim jarmusch movie in that particular venue i love but that you did, but you didn't have any luck Nothing i don't know no there wasn't anything on that that really struck me necessarily that i did remember that that film although experience. joe strummer is in the movie as the right uh, right as the the bellman or the uh the hotels like uh, no no he's the other drunk concierge. you're thinking buscemi yeah buscemi is the is the concierge and no, that's in barton fink oh boy no hold up no <laughs> it's, 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 it's you're right the elevator guy it's screaming jay hawkins who's in mystery train right yes 
Okay, yeah. and then okay, and Joe Strummer is like the other dude at the bar who's hanging out with. I think it's John Lurie. Touche. But, the, but okay. the Screaming Jay Hawking song is in Stranger Than Paradise. I think. Yeah, I think there's yes. not a Screaming Jay Hawking song <laughs> in Mystery Train. True, correct. Well, welcome to our show. This is okay, the this, this is the this Jim Jarmusch show. And by the way, he's not playing a song. <laughs> An hour of a thousand <laughs> tangents. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, well, what was what yeah. was the soundtrack that people think they listen to the most? I mean, for me, I think it's probably Pretty in Pink soundtrack. <laughs> I'm not a soundtrack listener, to be honest with you. I like I have a few, but like in general, I'm not a big soundtrack guy. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm I, I'm definitely guilty of staying to the end credits and finding out like what songs were in the movie if I sure. yeah. enjoyed sure. one. I don't like I can think of like maybe a dozen soundtracks that I actually went out and bought. And as for which one I listened to the absolute most, it, it's probably something instrumental, right, like right. some like Ennio Morricone thing, like mm -hmm. The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, or like, you know, like some sort of like techno-y soundtrack, like uh, for the movie Killing Zoe or something like that. Something you can like write to or like mm -hmm. do work to. But like in terms of like actual soundtracks that I've spent a lot of time with, I mean, like I'd have to say like probably when I was a kid, Saturday Night Fever, Saturday Night Fever was huge, you know, everyone had that. Star Wars soundtrack? I bought that. Yeah, song. sure. Played yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. But 80s, Derek, yeah, Pretty in Pink, I'd say I probably listened to the most. 90s, yeah. I listened to uh, Rushmore a ton. Yep. That's you guys mentioned Repo Man. Repo Man was like Repo one Man's of... great. Oh, that's coming. Like a bomb that came off. And there are certain directors who, like, definitely put a lot more thought into oh, sure. soundtracks, like Tarantino and Wes Anderson and Paul Thomas Anderson. Like, they yep. really... Martin even Scorsese. Even, like, Guy, Guy Ritchie and Martin mm -hmm. Scorsese. Like they really put together soundtracks. You almost get the feeling that they have these songs before they even shoot the film. That they right. want that they right. almost write scenes around. Or movies that were actually made built around the soundtracks, like The Wall or yeah. mm -hmm. Purple yeah. Rain. Right. Great example. I listened to the most. I think if I was. That's a good point. I wasn't. You know, I often forget that Purple Rain is a soundtrack. That is probably the one I've listened to the most. I also love that I find the soundtracks that I discover late. Like there's a French composer named Francois de Roubaix. Never heard of any of his movies. His scores are incredible. And his biographical story is incredible. I couldn't find a song to throw at you guys tonight. So I probably will not drop a track of his, but he's so special. And it's like, he was a French composer in 1971. These things are, you can find these things like, uh, you know, Lalo Schifrin thinking about like the work that he did, oh, yeah. you know? Oh, Lalo Schifrin's opening theme to Dirty Harry is sick. Ridiculous. It's so funky. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I, that was the thing. It's like, we were, we were sort of with this idea of doing like soundtracks where the, the idea was, were we picking songs that were used in movies, regardless of whether or not they appear on a soundtrack album, or were we picking like really interesting score things that were like written by a composer? Those are the things I, I had a hard time deciding. That was yeah, the, what was hard for me. The like, lack of parameters is a blessing uh -huh. and a curse. When you when I get to me, I'll explain. I, I just impose some on myself and that kind of helped me. All right. Well, let's get started. Yeah, absolutely. Derek, I would love to have you start out the show. Do you have a sense of which okay. one to start with? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out hot with the film that you just mentioned, uh, Repo Man. You know, I just I remember, just you know, this is like the very definition of like a cult film. You know, it's just such a strange movie that you know lots of people love in a very specific way. It's just so out there. It's so kind of joyful and so strange and so goofy. 
I love it. I really remember this this uh, movie fondly, and it had an amazing soundtrack, and just full of just a lot of LA based punk folk, or not all all LA. Now, so I mean, it has Iggy Pop, it has Black Flag, has um, Modern uh, Lovers. Well, it has it has the band Burning Sensations doing a cover of Pablo oh, Picasso. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I almost, which um, I couldn't really find necessarily, you know, on, on our formats, but I almost just put the Modern Lovers version of it. I don't know. I couldn't help but choose this song. You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm staying on the, um, the shallower end of the deep cuts tonight. Uh, you know, this is definitely... Uh, you know, a punk classic, but it's it's such a lovely song by the band Suicidal Tendencies. It's just the voice that this guy has and the the way he delivers these lyrics. It's such a perfect distillation of this teenage. I mean, it's not even angst. It's sort of like this being a LA teenager, but it's so great. I was in that room, you know, just staring at the wall, thinking about everything, but then again, thinking about nothing. This is the iconic. All I want is was a Pepsi. That that put that into the lexicon. Um, <laughs> great but I just, I listened to the song again today. I hadn't realized I hadn't heard it in a long time. And it's, it's great. It's really fun. And it's kind of more insightful than I remembered it being. <laughs> but it's... Great praise. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's the uh, institutionalized song from the band Suicidal Tendencies from the Repo Man soundtrack. It's Deep Cuts Lost and Found Round 27. Sometimes I try to do things and it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. And I get real frustrated. And like, I try hard to do it and I like take my time, but it just doesn't work out the way I want it to. It's like I concentrate on real hard, but it just doesn't work out. And everything I do and everything I try, it never turns out. It's like, I need time to figure these things out. There's always someone there going, hey Mike, you know, we've been noticing you've been having a lot of problems lately, you know? Maybe get away. And like, maybe you should talk about it, you'll feel a lot better. And I go, no, it's okay, you know, I'll figure it out. Just leave me alone, I'll figure it out, you know. I'm just working on it myself. And they go, well, you know, 
shit. <laughs> it is very Brother funny. Great way to kick off the show. Uh, Man. Talk, talk about a deep look inside a teen mind. I know, but it's it's so perfect, though. You know, just that the delivery of his voice just sounds like a kid. Really what talks year did like, Repo Man come out? Uh, it was 84. Mike Nesmith of the Monkees was one of the producers of Repo That's Man. Right. Yeah, um, did not know that. Directed by Alex Cox, who also did uh, Sid and did Nancy. Nancy. Right, right. Yep. Derek, I'm surprised you're not wearing a, a bandana tonight to go with your suicidal tendencies. I today. know, I know my bandana and my, you know, I don't know, like a nice, like a, a flat brim baseball hat and maybe like a, a flannel shirt, but only flannel button, shirt with button. only the tie, yeah, Cholo style. Yeah, no, I, I that's in my other closet. But. Well, I'm going to take the next spot and uh, okay, Alpha Dog. I was I was thinking a lot about sort of like how to tackle this. Like you know, Nash mentioned, there's so many different avenues you could take, and one of them I thought was what is a music moment where I was in the beginning of having my mind blown in a really beautiful way in a movie theater, and I thought one of my favorite moments was the first time I saw Goodfellas. Now. I know I saw it in a theater. I don't know if I saw it with anyone else. I don't know if I saw it even with one of you guys. I don't remember the details, but I remember watching the movie and just being like absolutely enraptured with it and absolutely enraptured with how music was used in it. Like how every moment in the film had this forward momentum and it was using songs, not score, to move things forward. And I thought that was super exciting. It felt like here's a dude with some fucking balls like coming out and swinging with pop songs that capture the personalities of the characters in the world that we're in, in a way that they had authority over it. Like they were the ones that said the characters, that's the song I want playing when I'm <laughs> putting a guy into a trunk and stabbing him 15 times, which is basically the way this song begins. So the film Goodfellas, it's Martin Scorsese, 1990s the year. Rags to Riches is a song. It comes in right as the titles come. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 27. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire My clothes may still be torn and tattered But in my heart I'd be a king Your love is all that ever mattered It's everything So open your arms And you'll open the door To every treasure that I'm hoping for Tell me you're mine evermore Must I forever be a beggar Whose golden dreams will not come true Or will I go from rags to riches My fate is up to you 
and it kind of goes on from there. But I remember this this opened up that movie in a way that I just loved. There's so much I love about this. I love that it's. I love that it's, you know, uh, Tony Bennett, you know, who is kind of the right guy for these guys. Like, he's not the smartest guy in the Rat Pack, but he's the guy that has real feeling. And, man, I love this version. Wait, so this is, you know, you're the ringer here tonight. You're, this is what you do. You, you know, you take film, you take television, and you choose songs to play along with images. If you'd asked me if I thought that, uh, Goodfellas and Tony Bennett were going to be your sort of foundational aspect to what you do now. I don't think that's what I would have ever. Passive aggressive challenge. I, no, I mean, it's just not, it's just not what I would have thought. Yeah. No, it looks good on you. But. but you know what? It's a good excuse for me to talk about what I love about the storytelling. So I, I said earlier, when you play yeah. Goodfellas, these are the songs that the characters would have greenlit. And to me, mm -hmm. you know, when we walk in and we're meeting these guys and he's talking about how he's poor and his dad is abusive and he gets some older guys who got some money and some flash and they bring him in under his wings and that's how his criminal career begins. It's rags to riches and it's coming from the point of view of Tony Bennett who speaks with like working class soul in a really unique kind of lovely way. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, I, I, to me, it's just, it's a dead on great way to start a fantastic movie. This is why you're so good, Tom, because you don't choose just the songs you like. Like if it were me, it'd be like, oh, I, is, why is there Flock of Seagulls in every movie, you know? Or something. <laughs> um, oh, no, it just worked for the movie. It's not that, that they're my favorite band, you know? But you don't do that. You don't just throw in like, these are my favorite songs. I will make them fit. You find something that fits the movie, which I think really is, is to your credit. And tonight, like Derek, I did not see Tony Bennett coming. Uh, so real curveball from you. Cool. I knew I knew Tom would dig deep. I mean, he, he, the oh, guy he's he's playing you know four dimensional chess when it comes. To <laughs> episode. Let's um, wait for his next pick. I do I do want to say that you know like you picked a, a song from a Scorsese movie and you talked about how it's instead of score he uses songs. He's been doing that since Mean Streets. Yeah. I mean like that is his mo. Like he does that was like a pretty revolutionary thing to do back mm -hmm. in the early 70s um when he made that movie and like now that's like the whole idea of mu music supervision as a profession exists because he put jumping jack flash in the scene where where we get introduced to de niro at the beginning of, of mean streets yeah. so yeah no it's he you can't do a show like this without at least having one scorsese choice and in fact you choosing that uh sort of got rid of one of my choices oh shit i'm sorry dude <laughs> or did it no i i saw that what nash's choice make, was, and i was I'm looking not forward to make it. another choice from from goodfellas but anyway well, it's, it's a rip-roaring start to the show. So, Billy Federico, I am happy to pass the baton on to you. Where do you want to go with this wonderful soundtrack right, Where show? do I want to go? So I, I tried to limit it to, because otherwise it is uh, just a really infinite task trying to figure out what, what songs to choose. So I just thought of movies I've seen, uh, because there are some soundtracks I have. I don't even think I've seen the film. But uh, I chose movies I've seen and remembered acknowledging or you know seeing that uh use of the the song in the movie and it, it stood out to me so and then once i got one of the songs then the second song came right along and, and the theme will be really easy once you once you hear both songs first one i'm going to go with is by colin newman everybody knows i love colin newman uh, this is a song him and graham lewis wrote together but did not put out his wire it came out in 1980 from the a to z record uh colin newman solo record but it's used to great effect in uh, silence of the lambs Jonathan Demme's 1991 film. Uh, the song is called Alone. 
and it's got a real creepy feel, which is uh, perfect for uh, the scene where they start to show Buffalo Bill doing his little sewing. And the soundtrack overall is really good too. There's that scene where Buffalo Bill's uh, dressing up, which was with Q Lazarus, which is a really yeah. good song, and uh, just a really strong soundtrack. Song I'm going with is Colin Newman. And like I say, it's got a real creepy feel. It works perfectly with this. He does another version alone on piano on the record, which is prettier. Another great version, not as creepy. But if you like the creepy version, this is the one for you, Alone by Colin Newman. I just remember how incredibly connected I felt to uh, Jonathan Demme when I realized that one of my favorite artists was showing up in his movie, you know? Like that was to mm -hmm. me like such a sign of cool and interesting. And there were other songs in that movie that I think also were really part of our world and it felt contemporary and smart. The Fall, Hip Priest is in that? Plus, I mean, Demi's a guy who made some of the great rock documentaries too. I mean, absolutely, stop, right. stop making sense. You know, Good point. Argu arguably the greatest. Yeah. music documentary ever made um, that's true that, that, which, uh, that, is, which is before this one yeah i watched that again recently in the last couple of years and it absolutely blew me away right. it's uh, incredible how, it's how incredible. good that was and the way it sort of builds 
you know, visually and musically, I just, uh, I had forgotten how incredible that is. And he also uses American Girl, Tom Petty in this. Yep. To, to great effect. So he yeah. went from Colin Newman to Petty. And, and uh, Something Wild has the feelies in it. I mean, yeah. or before the feelies were even remotely on anyone's map. I mean, the guy's got great musical taste. No yeah. doubt about it. Absolutely. Sure. Rich, where do you want to move us forward? It is <laughs> nine, uh, round 27 soundtracks. What year? No year. Hey, you have to remind me what the show is. <laughs> oh yeah, soundtracks. Yeah, this, you got this, I, was, Rich. I, I struggled with this one. You know, the options are limitless, really, and so I just had to stare at a blank wall for a while and think about what movies I liked, and I could go through a, a huge list of movies that I didn't pick. This first pick is kind of like Tommy's. Is the song is from the opening scene of a movie. Uh, that movie is My Own Private Idaho. It sets up the movie really well. I don't know why I remember it, but it is, it's just so quirky and weird and sets up a quirky and weird movie about a kid really struggling, find himself in he's on this quest and you know, Idaho's in the title. So the opening scene is this country road and you've got River Phoenix there basically sitting down, falling asleep. And you learn later about his narcolepsy that this is the song that's playing in the background while this strange opening is is happening in the movie and uh it kind of reels you in for the rest of the movie i think it is by eddie arnold it's song from 63 it was a cover of a much older sort of country ballad type of song uh, it's called cattle call and this is from my own private idaho from 1991 he cuts Singing his cattle call. 
<laughs> it's so wonderful. It, it reminds you what I love. Another so, curveball. Yeah. If you have the, the smile visual, on your face. Yeah, totally. The visual. You need the visual with it. The movie, it just watching him, you know, he just starts gradually falling asleep and laying down in the middle of a highway <laughs> in the middle of nowhere and then yeah. starts dreaming, dreaming about his mother petting his head. And it's, it's great. It's apparently loosely based on Henry, uh, Shakespeare, Henry the fourth, this movie. Right. It's I think, I mean, that's I think for, yeah, but I think for a few of us, a few of us, I think we have this idea that maybe um, started listening to this when I was checking out the playlist before I was like, oh, it's Raising Arizona. Yeah. Because there's that yodely oh song in, in Raising Arizona, which is somebody else. It's like right. somebody right. named Carter Burwell or something. Carter Burwell is the composer. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's okay. Well, Coen the song's called Way Out There, but it's yeah. attributed to Carter Carter Burwell, that, that yodely thing from Raising Arizona. So, but yeah, that was a, a fun movie to be reminded of, even if totally. it wasn't from that anyways. But it even made me think of that scene at the beginning of uh, The Big Lebowski with the tumbleweed. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like tumbling tumbleweed song. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's great rich that's a good nice deep cut yeah it's what i love about like coen brothers movies also just in that so many of them introduced me to new genres of music in a fun way like i think a lot of people never really heard country music before and these are a little bit novelty but they're so charming and they got such wonderful energy and i hope that people explore and find all the gems in country like because they heard it in a coen brothers movie anyway chris uh why don't you take us forward I will. This is an unusual choice for me because it's not a film that I particularly love. The song works so well in it. The movie is Buffalo 66. Uh, Go with the Vincent Gallo. Is that your Vincent focus Gallo tonight? Movie. Yeah. Um, I have to say, like, I always thought of um, prog rock uh, as a joke. Like, I just, you know, I thought it was just so nerdy D&D sort of like, you know, not. It kind of is. It is kind of, but um, well. there are there are some cuts in this song in this movie. He's obviously a fan, Vincent Gallo, and he puts uh, a couple of uh, real gems, prog gems, in there, and they work really well. Um, there's a couple by King Crimson, and there's one from the band that I'll be playing. Yes, this is the scene where um, Vincent Gallo goes into a strip club to shoot the kicker for the Buffalo Bills, who has missed a field goal, and and. Uh, ruined his passion for the team it's just like just one of many things that goes wrong for him in this movie so anyhow as he enters this strip club this song kicks in and it's called in the heart of the sunrise or just the heart of the sunrise and it's off the fragile album it is yes and it rocks it's deep cuts
impossible to know when to climb it around. Well, it does go on for about 13 I minutes. See, I assume there's another half hour. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's a kick-ass scene. It's really great. I would uh, it, the movie's almost worth worth watching for the one that one scene. I actually kind of love the movie. I'll I'll tell you why I love the oh, movie. That's, fa- that's fair. No, it's totally fair. I I Tom, will listen to that. Tom's argument. a Vincent Gallo fan. It it is it is so unhinged in so many wonderful ways. It feels like a very pure artistic expression where. Totally. Not all of it works because not all of the human being that built it works, yeah. but a lot of it works really fucking well. And when that's it works point. really that's fucking really well, well you're just like, that's amazing. And this scene with the stop motion camera and the squelchy yeah, faces yeah, yeah. and yeah. the bullet through the air, it's so awesome. And to choose this song is so fucking ballsy that yeah. you're just like, drop the mic, beautifully done. You know, you <laughs> it's 100% him, and I think you psychoanalyzed him to a T. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really, uh, it's well said. Yeah, you gotta take I'm, the crunchy with the smooth. <laughs> I'm not sure this show can go on. We just played yes, for God's sakes. That's all right, it's soundtrack night. I cannot from the even... man who said there'll be no ELO. It's now right. sure a little yes. Well, different, that's a different ball of cheese. Right. Well, I, I am fully prepared to give you some whiplash. All right, let's hear uh, it. As always. Bring it on. Yeah. I mean, it, this is not a film that's particularly important to me, but the soundtrack was, I absolutely loved it. Um, it was from a 2017 movie called Atomic Blonde, starring... Um, Who's uh, who? Char- is that movie important? <laughs> Nobody, I don't. I mean, you know, it's that's a fun movie. It's a really fun okay, movie. Heard, it's it's really well it. done. It's know. Charlize Theron. You should watch it. It's you would actually really like it if not. I for would the particularly sound, like if it. not for the soundtrack alone. I mean, it's great. It's a really well All done right. Right. kind of like John Wickian. It's the female uh, John Wick. It's the female John Wick, and she's so right. badass in in this film. And it's you know it's set in um, you know West Berlin, like a few days before the fall of the Berlin Wall. But it has this soundtrack. Where uses early 80s pop stuff to just an amazing effect you know it's got this uh one remix of blue monday done by um the la band health that just like hits really hard and this uh, it's really good um you know but it's got cities and dust by uh suji and the banshees it's got you know cat people from you know another soundtrack you know by david bowie but it's got some other good, more one-hit wondery stuff on it, like uh, the politics of dancing by Reflex. That one, but as this one, which really I remember really well, it's um, Peter Schilling. It's his uh, major Tom coming home or Völlig Logos Lost. I hope it's in German. But this is the German version. Oh, thank nice. God! Nice. Um, Not the U.S. Yeah, but I, I remember loving this song. Uh, you know, in the '80s when it came out, it's such a catchy little tune, and you know, just this weird little, you know, almost novelty song, this homage ode to uh, Bowie's space oddity. But uh, it's it's great, and it worked in this film really well too. So Peter Schilling, his song "Major Tom" from the Atomic Blonde soundtrack.
Anziehungskraft ist überwunden, alles läuft perfekt. Schon seit Stunden wissenschaftliche Experimente, doch was nützen die? Good man, especially that little rise at the end. Oh, it holds yeah. up so well. It does. I don't know. I wonder if the German version was a little cooler than the American version. Well, it's, it's, the, it's the same as like uh, you know, 99 Luft Balloons. Luft Balloons. And, uh, That's true. Those are both what, better in the original. What the, hell was, what the hell was going on in the 80s in Germany? Like, we're just saying, there's, there's this, there's Nana, there's yeah. um, Taco put it on the Ritz. Falco. Falco, Falco yeah. may have been Viennese, but, anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that you're splitting I hairs. In, I, grew in, I grew up in all nations that were part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. <laughs> right, right. Also, Alphaville, Forever Young was yeah. popular in the 80s. Yeah. Germany had a lot of good pop hits. It's true. I think something about that sort of synth, synth pop era really kind of fit with, Especially with pre, what people were doing there. You know, while, while there was still East Berlin. And I think that's maybe a big part of it. Like Germany was a, a split nation and it was a situation where there was a sense of like constant tension and the idea of like the Warsaw Pact nations were right next door. You know, it's it's an interesting type of place for artistic integrity. And I think that so much good music came out of because of that weird little, I wonder what will come out of Ukraine, you know, in the time period that we comes, you know? Uh, future show, for sure. Future show, without <laughs> a doubt. Right. All right, uh, who is up next? I think you we, are, Tom. Oh, we dear God. Around, didn't we? Wait. Yeah, I was. That oh, was yeah. my you second were, pick. Okay, Tom, right, right. Tom's up. I'm going to play a song from, uh, and I've played a song before by this artist, Goran Bregovic, who is a, uh, a Serbian wow, composer. Yes, of course. A big fan of his work. Basically, there's a song that he put into a film called Time of the Gypsies. It's known, known as Dom Zavashenje in Croatian. Uh, or Serbo-Croatian, and it's basically a, a beautiful song and a song that I found very moving. And I think that the beginning of my love affair with Stacy, who is soon to be my wife, started with this song. I played it for her at some point, and I think that she um, realized I was different than a lot of the other men that she'd met in her life. So I'm going to play this song. It's called Erlezi. It's from Goran Bregovic. It's from the soundtrack to Time of the Gypsies.
So there it is. <laughs> Very... I'm guessing the movie is a fizzy romp. <laughs> it gets fun. <laughs> I mean, here, it's about to bounce and become a party, so... Oh boy! Yeah, it's that's like all things from the former Yugoslavia. They sound like tragedies and they become parties, and that's kind of what our people do. You could feel it building. It's yeah. it's it's not the obvious uh, pitching the woo song though. I mean, yeah, surprise! Yeah, this is what you chose. That, I don't know that Stacy. I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. You might be looking at that memory through rose-colored glasses. Yeah, the, I the, think. The I doubt she goes. That was the moment. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it wasn't the moment. <laughs> let's, let's call her in here. That's right. So I've officially lost the deep cuts. That's lost right. and found round twenty-seven. Yeah. I'm going to pass the I baton think on. So it's uh, you know <laughs> Billy Paderko. Time, time of the Roma. Not gypsy. We don't say gypsies anymore. Exactly. I get the part about. This is this guy's really different. <laughs> but I don't think that's what she was taking. Yeah, I think she meant different in a slightly different manner. In it's a special but, school bus kind of way. But, but, but. All right, Billy, why don't you salvage okay. the show and uh, take yes, us forward? Yeah. I said I'd be sticking with the theme, so I'll stick with the uh, serial killer movie theme. Ooh. Um, and serial killer movies based on novels by Thomas Harris with oh, Hannibal Lecter in them. I know where you're going, and I like it. Yes, Manhunter, of course. You're not going to play in Agata DeVita, are you? <laughs> we have 20 minutes, Tommy. There's a great moment in, in the 17th this verse. Um, no, uh, no, I'm not. But that is a great moment in the movie, too. It, is. it was Michael Mann who did Manhunter in 1986. And I, Nash, I think you and I saw this together in the theater. We did. We did. And I remember how there were a bunch of powerful moments, and they featured our one of our bands that we liked, which was Shriekback. What's interesting about this movie is the the serial killer Tooth Fairy, who was I think he he liked to kill families at night and then do unspeakable things to them, but always at night, and that's why he was called the Tooth Fairy. But there's actually a tender moment in the movie where you just you know you're looking With at Joe a Hun? yeah in bed yeah. yeah right and they play this song. It's called the Big Hush. And it's crazy, but it shows a tender moment with a monster. It's from Oil and Gold, which was a great record in '85. A shriek back, and uh, I just think this is a tremendous song. It's called. The Big Hush. Keep cuts. This night. 
Is there a bright hard star? These creatures look the same now We freeze wherever we are We wake alone in the blackness We sleep wherever we fall One dream all around us This big hush infects us all Holding up an animal fear Soaking up the waves underwater Tune to music no one can hear Forever in this half-light of desire The ashes and the fire Turning this night inside And the light from you So this is, you know, a very kind of beautiful, hushed song from Shriekback. Uh, do, do you guys remember when we first heard this? Because we first heard this, I think. I remember buying. I remember buying the soundtrack because I liked the music in it so much. There's also a, a song in it, Bill. I don't have it in front of me, but like I think that's called "Strong as I Am." Oh uh, yeah, "Strong as I yeah. Am." Yeah, that was yeah. a good one. I love that yeah. one. What was that? I'm pretty sure that's on this too. Oh, uh, that's that's the prime movers. Yeah, that, oh, that was, yeah, that's that's the prime really movers. Oh, and okay. then, as as we said, it has a great Indigata Davida scene at the end. Right. It does. Iron Butterfly. So, yeah. So this is this was on what oil, oil and gold. Oil and gold. So it uses okay. it also uses this song, and I'm probably going to butcher the name. Uh, Colacanth. Coelacanth. Coelacanth. Okay, that's it. What's the, what's the what's the Shriekback song where they the they have the word Parthenogenesis. Uh, black big nemesis. big black nemesis. Yeah. Black nemesis. That's the name of the song. Nemesis. I love that one. Nemesis, yeah. that, Genesis. We saw oh, them. Who did we see that. them open for? We saw them live. Simple Minds, Front right. Row. Shiba, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Krista. Krista hooked us up front row for that. That show. was great. Wow, that was oh awesome. And, and we just thought, you know, we were stupid. We were like, they're going to yell at us more. Yell back, shriek back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jesus. We were excited for the opener. Uh, Hammerheads, another great one. That yeah. gets, yeah, I mean, that's a great live song. Fun band. Uh, it's a great movie, great and it's band. interesting. It's an interesting movie because it's the first. It's the introduction of Hannibal Lecter uh, right. before Anthony Hopkins, played right. by Brian Cox. Yeah, succession yeah. Fame. right. And in he, a much smaller great, role. Yeah, but, but he's terrific. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, he is. Uh, so I love that character actor who played the creepy tall guy. Tom Manhunt. Yeah, yeah, he's such a great. He's certainly actor. creepy he's, and tall. Oh, but when he's, he's got a pantyhose over his head. Yeah, yeah. but he's great. Doesn't he's help. Great in anything. Not help the look. I always yeah. like seeing him in whatever he's in. I agree. I agree. Um, All right, Rich, your turn, watch, baby. Watch the shriek, scenes with Shriek back. Those are the best. So this, uh, I guess I got a theme going here. Um, you might pick up on it. So this, this, I didn't pick this for a specific scene or a song over a specific scene, but I picked it for the movie. Really, it was one of the first movies that really kind of. I don't know. I wouldn't say blew my mind, but it definitely got my attention. It is River's Edge from 1986 with the uh, lovably eccentric Crispin Glover, yeah. Dennis Hopper, Keanu Reeves. Such a dark, um, edgy movie. It it was so dark for the time, like mid 80s, yeah. watching this thing about a yeah. murder. The opening scene, you've got a dead, naked girl on a rivers on the side of a river, and 
it was pretty dark, bleak, and the whole soundtrack, it's set in California. The soundtrack is very California. It's kind of metal, surf punk, and uh, some reggae thrown in. It was an unusual movie for the time, I thought. And it has stuck with me. I like watching it. I've watched watch it every now and then, and it, it still holds up, I think. But the song I picked, they're from Orange County, Southern California. They're, they're called punk, but I wouldn't necessarily categorize them that way, I don't think. It's a little bit softer edged than punk. But anyway, the band is um, Agent Orange. That's and- a softer name. <laughs> By the way, Derek doesn't like soft, so don't play anything too soft. Agent Orange, I would say Agent Orange is soft, but yeah, all right. Well, anyway, uh, the the song. Let's get right to it. The song is "Fire in the Rain." I couldn't tell you when it was played during the movie, but it's in there somewhere, and it's by Agent Orange. Track, man. Good, yeah, good choice. Yeah, I could have picked Slayer. There's a lot of Slayer songs. Yeah, there is. Oh yeah, you, you know, coulda. You know what's yeah. interesting but, about dude. this movie, Rich, is that um, you had moved to Seattle by this point. This is 1986 when it came out. 
but I remember that was around the time that we we got driver's licenses and so therefore we had freedom to like mm-hmm. on the weekends like go places and I remember a lot of the time that meant going to into the city Boston to see movies like at the Nickelodeon or wherever and mm-hmm. I remember 86 I, I always for some reason in my mind put these two movies together River's Edge and Blue Velvet they both came out that same year right. I remember seeing both of them at the Nickelodeon with you know I'm sure some portion of you guys just it's such an interesting period in movies it was like the indie movie scene hadn't really happened yet like as we think about it today but this was like an early version of it where these like dark non-studio films were happening and we were at just the right age to absorb mm-hmm. them. It was just, it was a really yeah. great time to be 17, you know? Sounds like a good idea for a book. Right. Twin Peaks <laughs> around, Twin Peaks came out somewhere. A little later, right? Uh, a little later than that. But uh, probably just a little bit, not, not yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Chris, this is a good opportunity for you to take uh, the next spot for the soundtrack okay. show. I am going to choose another movie that I don't love. Uh, <laughs> But I was, was that how you narrowed it down? <laughs> but I, yes, exactly. So the, the movie is The Beach, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie that got a ton of shit, more shit than it should have, <laughs> because it was his first movie after, or one of his first Titanic. movies after Titanic, right? So, you know, he was set up to, to fail. The movie is not amazing. I mean, it, it, whatever. But it was held to a higher standard than it probably should have been. It's directed by Danny Boyle, who always chooses interesting music. In the case of this and a couple of other movies, including Train Spotting, he chooses... Um, um, some electronic music, which is mm-hmm. not a world that I'm really that versed in, uh, certainly not as much as Tom is. And I just like the way that he uses very atmospheric songs with electronic edge to them. Um, this isn't like electronica by any stretch, but it is interesting in that way. And it's a good entry point to get into that genre. And this is, the song is called Lonely Soul, uh, which features the voice of Richard Ashcroft from The Verve, who I would argue has one of the better voices in rock and roll. And Uncle uh, is the band. It's called Lonely Soul and it's from the beach. So hit it. Secret to die in Secret to die Just keep 
really remember this track at all. It's a great oh, reintroduction. Yeah. I like that. It's really great good, song. right? It's a good I, record. I got a good the whole science fiction record. But I remember Uncle. reading that book. I think that's why the movie got so much shit the, on but Yeah, I the book was of, really good, too. A lot of people are reading that book before that came yeah, out. Yeah, remind me, yeah. the author? Alex Garland. Alex okay. Garland. Oh, who yeah. did Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. Good yeah. movie, by the way. It is a good movie. For the listening, we have a few further listening on movies tonight. <laughs> ah, interesting. Well, that's a that's a big, good segue because that was our last of the round. Yeah. So let's turn to further listening. Derek, since you started this show out tonight, you want to uh, add to us your further listening suggestions of soundtrack albums. This is our sure soundtrack. Sure, I will. This is definitely not you know a typical choice coming from me, but you know in my um, in my home life when I listen to. <laughs> Uh, records at home. I listen to a lot more uh, jazz and bebop and stuff than you might get the impression from uh, listening to the show. And this is actually one of my favorite kind of afternoon records to uh, to put on. And I absolutely love just looking at this particular record because the the cover is one of those uh, images from Saul Bass. You know, mm-hmm. famous uh, credit Smith, but it's the um, soundtrack to the uh, 1959 film Anatomy of a Murder, uh, Otto Preminger's film. You know, soundtrack slash score by Duke Ellington that he uh, wrote with uh, Billy Strayhorn, performed by the Duke Ellington Orchestra, and it's just an absolutely wonderful record. It, I, I I love this record so much, and it's just a really great. You know, listen to it on a rainy day or something. I don't know, but it, it's a perfect record in terms of what I love about Duke Ellington. So it's the soundtrack to uh, Anatomy of a Murder by. Do you, ha- uh, do you happen Duke to Ellington. have the cover handy? It is a great cover. I don't. I have it downstairs. Oh. I was gonna bring it up, but I should. Yeah. yeah, it's yellow and the red, and then the yeah, body segment. Yeah, with the body. Yeah, it's segment. it's beautiful. Like you know, I used to have my records out in a way that you know the front fronts of some of the records would face out, and that was always at the front because i just the showpiece i enjoyed looking at it yeah showpiece album yeah frontal with that one so that's my record a lot of cred with that record right there yeah it's a plus one that that's a great pick all right chris is done totally i'm gonna uh suggest a more contemporary (laughs) option i'm gonna go with the score to the social network which was done by trent Reznor and atticus ross great choice I think it's one of those examples. Like I remember there was a composer that was bitching about the fact that it got nominated for like best score. And it said it took two guys to do three notes. And I was like, that was one of those moments where I realized like some people just don't get it. Like the minimalism, the clarity, the sense of atmosphere. To me, that was a score that really captured the dot-com time period. It caught the early 2000s in a really interesting way. Um, and I just thought like it was a really good example of a perfectly calibrated score and it works all the way through. It's one of those records that you can put on and it really carries you through the entire story and some of the majesty of that film, which I think is a really, really well-made, well-calibrated film by David Fincher. So that would be my pick to check out. It is the score to The Social Network done by Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor. Good pick. Billy. Me? Uh, okay, I will go with Rumblefish by... Uh... Stuart Copeland, you know, in 1983, I would pick up any record from uh, anyone from the police. But uh, this one was really good. It's from Coppola's movie Rumblefish, which was 83, right after Outsiders, which was a big hit. But this one was very arty compared to Outsiders. Matt Dillon was in it, but it was shot in black and white. He played Rusty James, and you had Mickey Rourke, of all people, playing Motorcycle Motorcycle Boy. Boy. Yeah. It's very stylized, very film noir, totally different than... Than the outsiders i highly recommend it 
Uh, and Stewart did the the soundtrack. And the reason Francis Ford Coppola picked him is because he asked his son Roman, you know, who's the coolest drummer right now? And he said Stuart Copeland. So oh, is that why? <laughs> so he brought Stuart in. That's and great. Stuart put this together and it's it doesn't sound a lot like police songs. Uh the, the one I'd say it's closest to is um Does Everyone Stare from Regatta de Blanc? Has yeah. a little bit of that drum feel and also the, the piano that copeland played a lot of and it's got uh don't box Dan ridgeway ridgeway right great single don't box me in with stan ridgeway and i gotta say this is such a billy federco find because to me like this <laughs> the, the soundtracks that Stuart copeland did you were the proselytizer of that and i listened to this record so long and i really appreciate it talk you, radio is a good one yep you were the Wall one Street, that, he that did a bunch that. with oliver stone yeah yeah Great pick, great pick. Rich, what is your suggestion for further listening uh, in soundtrack albums? Uh, I have to I have to pick the Mission soundtrack by Ennio. Is that how you pronounce it? Ennio yeah. Morricone? You know, he's done whatever, a million scores. I think 400, actually. I would have picked a track from this to play during the segment, but I, I think where they win, win about 20 Oscars, including Best Score, Best Picture from 1987. It's an album that you just put on and you just you just can sit there and on a rainy afternoon and basically fall asleep and be very comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I've done it since it came out in college. I was a freshman in college. When you had some downtime during college, you just wanted that quiet time to catch up on sleep. This is what I would put on, Mission Soundtrack. I played it a lot. I would say further than that, like, Almost any Ennio Morricone score that you find has something so majestic and amazing. And for somebody who who was so prolific, I mean, you can find like, you know, not very good Italian gangster mobster movies that he did amazing scores Mm -hmm. to. You could literally just go into Spotify, hit random play and write the words Ennio Morricone and you're going to land on amazing stuff over and over and over again. So impressed by any more incredible talent. Yeah. And Chris, I'm very eager to hear your choice because this is this well, is I was really actually gonna expert. choose a Morricone, but I'm gonna <laughs> change it on the on the fly. Second time tonight. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, I'm gonna go with the soundtrack for Martin Scorsese's After Hours. This was the movie that more than any movie I was talking about earlier about like you know being at that age, 16, 17, when you just sort of yeah. that's when i really started to get into movies. which year was this after hours oh i don't know it was around then we were in high school i remember for sure yeah and i i just that movie just for some reason i it became like i fetishized it i watched it hundreds of times it's got a really interesting soundtrack it goes everything from like doo-wop to uh, peggy lee at the end to a pay to come by bad brains the monkeys the last train to clarksville it's like it's just a really great soundtrack and it's everything i love about scorsese so i will choose that one nice pick yeah i scorsese is to me like one of the greatest cinematic djs i would love to just listen Mm -hmm. to a mixed collection of the music from his movies they're so fucking good i love that i love that soundtrack i love that movie but drives me crazy no freaking new yorker would hold their money like that in a cab no that's the whole that's all reason that movie happens it drives me crazy it's also a movie that wouldn't exist it couldn't possibly happen in the era of atms or cell phones i know yeah i know it's (laughs) impossible yeah that's true it's just not that plot is no longer possible yeah our suggestion watch after hours by martin scorsese again and think about all the technological advances that made your life better 
Well, if you've been listening to our show in season one, you may have caught that uh, we sound a little bit different in season two. Um, we are self-producing. If you happen to be a uh, podcast engineer slash producer, if you enjoy this show and you think it'd be fun for us to send you a bunch of files and have you make us sound better, we'd love to meet you. So reach out to us through social media. Billy Federico, if you would like to break down for us our social media resources. Sure. We're on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Am I forgetting anything? Oh, Patreon, of course. You can become a member on Patreon and get bonus shows where we do one more round of what we're doing. So if you enjoy it, please join us on Patreon. But yeah, you can check us out on any of the socials. Just look for Deep Cuts Lost and Found and leave a review if you like the show. And we're going to do uh, what we do each time we do our show, which is a vote. We're going to basically look at our uh, list of favorite songs. Uh, we can't vote for ourselves. So the whole point being that you got to vote for somebody else's discovery. This was easy because honestly, this was a show of so many surprises. Uh, Derek opened it up with Suicidal Tendencies and the song Institutionalized. That is on the amazing soundtrack to Repo Man, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. I came in with uh, Tony Bennett, uh, which opened up the movie Goodfellas. Rags to Riches is the name of the song. Billy came in with Colin Newman, Alone, which is in Silence of the Lambs. Rich came in with Eddie Arnold, Cattle Call, and a very evocative scene in the film My Own Private Idaho, Gus Van Sant's debut, I believe. Chris came in with Yes, uh, an amazing and really unusual scene I strongly recommend. Heart of the Sunrise is the name of the song. It is in the film Buffalo 66. Even if you don't watch the whole movie, just go to YouTube and check that scene out. It's incredible. Derek came in with uh, Peter Schilling, Major Tom, Völlig Los Gelöst is the subtitled version and the German version of that song from Sorry, Atomic. the umlauts aren't in there. No, the umlauts are there. I'm, I'm working it through. Uh, it's in the soundtrack as Atomic Blonde, which is pretty great. Uh, Rich came in with Agent Orange and Fire in the Rain. That is from the River's Edge soundtrack. And Chris came in with Uncle, uh, featuring Richard Ashcroft on that song from the soundtrack to The Beach. Lonely Soul is the name of the song. Billy played Shriekbacks, The Big Hush from the soundtrack to Manhunter. And uh, I played Goran Bregovic and the song Eder Lazy from the song uh, soundtrack to Time of the Gypsies. And that rounds out our batch. So on a one, a two, and a three. How do we do? Fido wins. Did oh, I? wait. Uh, yeah. By a hair. Yeah, Fido it was hard. It was, there were, there were yeah. wide variety of picks. Yeah. Oh, Shriekback. Yeah. Shriekback okay, takes it. Yeah, yeah. Shriekback's great. And, that, and that, what's a I shame was... is that so many people are missing this record because it's not on the streaming services. So yeah. you can't get oil and gold. And uh, Big Night Music isn't on uh, Spotify either. Right. Yeah, there's very and little... that's a great album. Great. Yeah, that's one right after it. Derek does a great sing-along with that one. <laughs> I haven't done it in a while. I'm a little out of practice. <laughs> a lot of the music you've heard tonight, luckily we, we had mostly stuff that was on Spotify, but a lot of it is not available. And I cannot mm -hmm. strongly recommend enough to go to a local record store, go to your soundtrack sections, and pull some of these beautiful records. Pick great up some vinyl. Great tease, Tommy, for the Is that going to be show. 2001, Tom? It may be. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> So without further ado, on the behalf of Derek Brain, Thomas Golubich, myself, Bill Federko, Richard Eyre, Chris Nashawati, this has been round 27 of Deep Cuts Lost and Found. Soundtrack albums has been the theme. Man, I bet we could have done three or four of these shows. Totally. Seriously. Mm -hmm. So we will probably revisit this one again. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. We'll catch you all soon. It's Deep Cuts Lost and Found. Peace. Mm -hmm.